Here he misses. Jones again with a rebound. Kentucky a little disorganized right now, and it's really confident. Here comes Gordon. Wagner wants the dunk. Fourteen points for Wagner. Unbelievable overtime performance by the Cardinals. The quickness of Louisville. Sosa's had a great game today. And he got the shot to point three. I'm going to pull the trigger here. Porter was back up. He saw it. Points. He knocked down two threes. No player has been talked about. Here's the switch. Snyder trying to go by Adebayo. He does, and he lays it in. Adebayo. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of what high school did you go to? I am Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Satfield here with you on this most exciting time. Yes, Chris, it is the most wonderful time of the year. The presents have been opened. The eggnog has been drunk. We can start talking about the most important thing in this state every single year. It is Battle of the Bluegrass time. Louisville and Kentucky will be meeting at the KFC Yum Center for yet another rivalry game at 2 p.m. It is Chris Mack's first time facing off in the rivalry. Louisville is in a really interesting place. Chris, you know, what did you kind of expect this rivalry game to be where it is this year? I, I don't think I did. So I'm curious on your opinion. No, I, I mean, I, I definitely didn't. I uh, bought into the hype that from the gate, Kentucky would be the best team in the country. Didn't even consider Duke. Um, definitely did consider that we'd see some of the struggles that Kentucky has had to this point. And I think it's a really good place for Louisville to be in because everyone, everyone in the state feels like Louisville has a really solid chance, but they also have that, that narrative that they can play, that they have nothing to lose. And, you know, that they're going to be the underdog and nobody still truly expects them to win. But I, I think everyone knows they have a solid opportunity. So it's a weird place to be, but it's, it's a really good position for, for Louisville just from a narrative standpoint. Completely agree. I think there's, you know, in, in my conversations with Louisville fans in the past two weeks, there's a quiet optimism, uh, something that's been hushed a little bit by the North Carolina win from Kentucky. We'll get to that in a minute. But I definitely do agree. There is a quiet optimism, a cautious kind of we've got a real shot at this based on both how Kentucky's played this season up until before North Carolina. And of course, how Louisville's played this season. Yeah. They've been in every game. I mean, I think outside of the last 10 minutes of Tennessee, they they have been in every single game and have really played up to opponents and, and down to opponents in some ways. So I'm right there with you. I think Chris Max got these guys ready. And, you know, you don't need us to tell you Chris Mack gets his teams ready for rivalry games. He's four and two against Cincinnati in his time at Xavier. So I think he's going to have the kids ready for the big game on Saturday and definitely did not. I would not have expected us to to really be in a position where I feel like there's a very solid chance of a Louisville win. Just just before we get started here, I just want to ask you kind of a quick question. Doesn't it feel like the story has almost all been focused on what Kentucky has been and not about what Louisville has been at all? Oh, I completely agree. And I, it, it's it's been a lot about Kentucky's disappointment, and, you know, kind of finding it against North Carolina. But there's been no conversation about what Louisville's done up to this point. It's just a little strange to me. No, I think you're right, and especially considering you know some of the big time games Louisville's been in. I mean, it always seems. I think 
nationally, and this is a bigger question, I think people are still trying to figure out what the narrative is for Louisville post, you know, post scandals, post what, you know, they're actually having to talk about Louisville basketball for, for a change right. for the first time in three years. And that's definitely been, I think that's, we've seen that have an impact. And this team is still, I think, trying to figure out their identity nationally. And this is going to be as big a chance as any, of course, the biggest chance since IU um, to really have that impact. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't overstate it a lot. There's a lot. There's always a lot on the line in this game, but there is a lot on the line for U of L basketball in this game. And just because, you know, that they're an underdog uh, and like I said, it, they don't really have a lot to lose. There's still a lot on the line. They can submit their place pretty much in the tournament. You can kind of go ahead and book it if they win on Saturday. And beyond that, they can just set up a really solid roadmap going into the ACC and give, uh, you know, Chris Mack another conversation peach for who knows coach of the year so i mean there's a lot lot more in the line than just the typical rivalry for you though i think yeah i completely agree i think yeah i don't think this is a game that louisville absolutely has to have going forward but this is one that that changes the expectations for the rest of the season louisville wins this one and you're really thinking not just about making the tournament you're thinking about the second weekend in the tournament right uh, louisville loses and it's still okay this is going to be a slog i don't see i mean i of course anything can happen in these matchups i don't see this game being a blowout in either way i just i don't see that happening um so i think it, it there's definitely a chance for some narratives and how will louisville win the game how will louisville lose the game and, and we'll really see Set the expectations for what happens in the next three months of college basketball in this city. Yeah, uh, I think that's the perfect summarization of it. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that we've mentioned a little bit, a lot has been in this in this build up to this game. What has UK done? And of course, UK had their biggest win of the season against North Carolina. So, Chris, I wanted to ask you. What recent performances mean more to you? Um, how Louisville struggled against Robert Morris or UK in a game? I think we both agree is maybe being a little bit overblown based on the quality, the UK North Carolina game in Chicago last weekend. Yeah, I think the, uh, the Robert Morris game was interesting for me because there's tons of excuses for Louisville, right? You know, it's a few days before Christmas. You have a rival coming up. It's freaking Robert Morris. They won four games all season. But I do think it meant a little bit uh, just for me, just because I think that's the first time we've seen Louisville under Chris Mack going to a game and not having intensity. They were a little sleepy at the beginning of the Seton Hall game, but really they they kind of got it together pretty quickly. But that meant a little bit to me, um, but it, it's really hard to, to figure out how much they meant. This North Carolina game, though, yeah. I... I think it is being completely overblown for how it relates to this matchup, because I don't think you can find the way North Carolina played that game. I don't think you'll find a more contrasting style than maybe, maybe you okay to be going to face Virginia and it would be more of a difference. But outside of that, Louisville is not going to play Kentucky remotely the way North Carolina played. Yeah. It is not going to look anything like that. I mean, that game was up and down, up and down, up and down, no stops. Uh, it was very he heavy relying on open threes, first shot, uh, don't make Kentucky guard and get out and run. And that's just not how, uh, you know, you and those plays. So. Absolutely. And, and, you know, looking at the stats, both teams had 18 turnovers. I mean, to me, that's that, that, that game said a lot more about North Carolina to me than it did Kentucky. It told me that Kobe White is not the guy that needs to be running that offense. 
And the questions about why isn't Nasir Little playing more are very legit. I don't know why that kid isn't playing more. You know, he played. It's got to be the hair. That's it's got to be the hair. But I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to completely shade Kentucky. I think that was, you know, they stepped up when they had to. Um, I think Ashton Hagens looks all the all the defensive, you know, all the defensive that he is defensive stalwart that he is. Kelvin Johnson is legit. Um, But and it's it's really interesting to see, you know, I I love seeing teams play each other that Louisville will then both play both teams (laughs) just to kind of get an idea of what their styles are, especially when it comes to Kentucky, you know, when Kentucky plays Duke, Kentucky plays North Carolina. Kentucky played Seton Hall. It's just, I think you get, it's a real good barometer for how Louisville's going to play. But, you know, like we're saying, that was an AEU game. That was a track meet. It wasn't, I didn't take a whole lot. I mean, it was a ton of unforced errors from, you know, from UNC and a ton of, uh, and UK really capitalizing, but I didn't get the super big vibe that that was a big triumph for UK as much as it was just a total collapse by North Carolina. No, I think what that what that game kind of did was was take U of L from maybe a one point favorite. Uh, we don't know the lines yet to maybe making U of K a one point favorite. So I mean, that's not really much of a, a difference in my mind. Um, Ashton Higgins was terrific. PJ Washington damn near had a triple double. Um, some of those stats are a little bit more inflated because there were so many possessions in that game. But, right. I mean, they right. were they were they were both they were both terrific. Um, and I think that game meant something to Kentucky because they needed a, you know, they lost that they game. They, me up. Yeah, they lose against Louisville. They're they're going to the SEC with some real questions, so they needed it. But I, I don't think it means that they're going to come play their their first true road game. And, you know, a lot of these guys' first college careers with some overwhelming confidence that they didn't have before. Completely agree. And, and you know, you mentioned the first true road game, and we've got the Cal statistic. I don't have it next to me. And I know it's two and easy. six two and six in first true row games. And I've talked to Kentucky fans before about playing, you know, you're okay with playing all these neutral games. Cause it always seems like they struggle when it comes to the home games early in the season because of that. And yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I'm looking at Kentucky's roster right now. I mean, who, you know, Reed Travis, I mean, you know, he's a senior, but, He's never faced. He's ne- he's never faced anything like what he's going to face in this Louisville crowd, and neither has anyone on the rest of this team. You know, they haven't been, they haven't played at Louisville yet, and I think it's going to be an emboldened Louisville crowd. You know, there's some question. I mean, I've seen a lot of tweets about the upper level being plenty of seats, but I do think the crowd's going to show up for sure, especially with this renewed confidence of Chris Mack. And I, you know, I love joking about the 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 first road game curse with, with, with Cal, but I think it's a legit thing when you go from having soft, you know, soft neutral side games to a real hostile crowd in, in the Yum center, it, yeah. it, it's going to have an impact. And I, I think, I, I think that first 10 minutes of Louisville, Kentucky is always sloppy, but I think this year, because I expect Max to have these guys a little more prepared in a different way than sort of Patino did. I, I think that 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 I want to see Louisville jump out in that first 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few things as far as it relates to the road games. I, I don't understand as a Kentucky fan how the hell that cannot bother you, because, uh, you know, the kind of how Tom Jurich had pretty much the entire Louisville fan base hypnotized. That's proof that Calipari does because your first <laughs> road game is against your arch rival. 
and that doesn't mean anything to you. I mean, the last time that that Louisville beat uh, UK in the Yum, they were coming into their first road game of the season, and they were right. also coming off of a win against North Carolina, which is you know kind of ironic. But it is <laughs> that that doesn't bother you at all. That that's just that's just a scheduling error. I mean, but, there's, yeah. there's no way around it. Listen, because, I get the I get the argument. It's like. Oh, then then the tournament games are on neutral sites. They're going to be a decent amount of UK fans. UK wants to make money, but but come on, it, go, what, what, go play Butler, go play at Memphis, go somewhere. Go. I, I mean, mean it, it, I think those those road games, they build like they build teams like it sounds corny, but those are the experiences that build teams. And and I, I do think there have been issues with Cal teams in the tournament where they get punched in the face and they don't know how to respond. And that happens because you don't play on the road that ha- like I'm sorry, playing on the road at U of L is never good. Like it's it's not the same as playing on the road at Vanderbilt, at Georgia, at Auburn. Like you, those. The, yeah, you're everyone's Super Bowl. But it's just those high big time non-con road games have a have a meaning, have impact. And it's 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 fun, a but it's like, come on, it's 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 a part of college basketball and it makes your team better. So I, I, I agree. I, you know, we're agreeing a lot, but it's like I've never understood the the obsession with these neutral games like come on man like the what the the cbs sports classic between ucla north carolina kentucky and o state like that's bull like that's baloney I, I don't think <laughs> it's a made of bullshit believe it I, it's made I, I, of bullshit. I, I think they're gonna try to sell you that but i'm not sure they believe it because they've seen the last three years uh, of the kentucky basketball program they've seen what happened they saw kansas state last year when they had a freaking walk to the final four so yeah. they've seen those examples of the team not really being prepared for someone just to come at them so i don't even think they believe it but i do want to do want to kind of get to the chris mack angle because that is to me you know we kind of joked in the beginning about the top three storylines of the game but to me that is that is probably the most interesting angle is just exactly how Chris Mack's going to approach this, this rivalry. Because if you, if you Google Chris Mack, Mick Cronin, you, you see exactly how he approached it at Cincinnati. So. No, I think there's going to be a moment. There's going to be, there's going to be something. And even, even if it's manufactured by Chris Mack, because Chris Mack is, he's a showman. He's a showman for these fans. Obviously he's a showman for the team. He showed up in a, in a Santa suit the other day to unveil the, the unis for these Saturday for this Saturday, which by the way, look dope. And I, I, he's going to do something. It's yeah. He'll shake Cal's hand, but you'll see him, you know, either pump up the crowd in a unique way. He's going to do something. He knows that this rivalry means something and he's a showman. He's going to figure it out. And I can't wait for that moment. I don't, I mean, do you think he's going to talk some trash to, to someone or you would, where do you think it goes? If I had to predict it right now, I would say that Chris Mack is going to stroke these flames um, more so than even maybe Patino did because the Patino Calipari, angst with one another was always kind of a silent thing. Um, they rarely outright came and said something bad about one another. And I'm not sure you'll exactly see that with Mac, but that I, I look for him to pretty quickly inject himself in this rivalry, whether it's in the post game, whether it's a moment on the, on the court. Um, I think it was against Michigan state. He, you know, he had the crowd and he was actually just, you know, with the arms just pumping them up. And that was kind of cool to see from a guy on, 
just coaching at Louisville. Um, yeah. it, it was, it was weird, but it was, it was cool to see. So I think Chris Mack's a very, very intense person, uh, just, just as a basketball coach. Um, you obviously see it on social media, you know, how the guys like he's a jokester too. He has that other side, but of course, as it relates to basketball, he's a very intense basketball coach. So, uh, I think you're going to see him pretty quickly inject himself in this rivalry one way or another. Oh yeah. At the least it's going to be pumping the crowd up before, you know, during a timeout, just like after a big run, just like getting the, you know, pumping right. the fist, getting in the very least, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, you know, maybe a, a second between him and Cal, something weird, just obviously something beyond just the norm. I don't, I don't know, definitely something in the post game. If something goes on, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be something to the effect of the, the fights, the, the, the two Holloway madness, the Lance Stevenson madness. I don't think it's going to be to that effect, but he's going to inject himself. He's going to do it. I think, I think we're in agreement on that. And I think he will show up to the post game press conference, no matter what. So <laughs> that you can count on <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, you know, getting to the game itself, you know, we've talked to talked a decent amount about, you know, setting the, you know, setting the stage, what's the storylines. One thing, you know, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody and he kind of laid out the opinion for me. And I want to want to get your your take on it, Chris. Is Jordan Nomura the best player on the floor Saturday? Like just like going into the game, would you say he's the best player on the floor? Oh, who's Kentucky's best player? And Kelton Johnson, probably, right? You think so? I mean, I think because I, I think I think that's the answer there. I think he is. And I think if it's for anything, because there hasn't been a guy that's asserted himself as Kentucky's best player. I think you can make the argument for Kelton Johnson, but I think you can also say it's Reed Travis, who doesn't really have any many pro aspirations, but he may be the best college player. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, I would say so. Um, he's been the most consistent player, if anything. So, yeah. No, I, I, that definitely it's I mean, Kelvin Johnson, just looking at his looking at his statistics. I mean, he has he he has the second best offensive rating behind Reed Travis and, and Ken Palm. You know, his effective field goal percentage is 63 percent. He's shooting 46 percent from three, but he's only taken 39. And just comparing that to Jordan Nora, Jordan Norris shot six, five threes, shooting 40 percent. Exactly. You know, I, I think. I think for me, it's just kind of, I think this is an opportunity for Nora to really set himself apart. And he has, he is quietly having an all ACC season. He is quietly, you know, been one of the top 25, 20 players in college basketball. I I don't, I don't think you can doubt that. Um, This is an opportunity for him and a unique stage. I mean, he played so well against IU. And I think if Louisville wins that IU game, he's his blowing, he's blowing up. So Nora is starting to get on some of those NBA draft um, boards. I wonder if that's that will be some impetus for him to 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 really show out against Kentucky. Hopefully it doesn't show it doesn't you know end up in some kind of overplay. I, I know that that has happened where some guys, right. oh, it's Kentucky. I'm just going to do everything I possibly can. And then they over they overplay their hand. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just no, no, I don't. I don't think that's something that everyone's really fully grasped, especially Kentucky fans, how good Jordan Nowhere has been. Because, I mean, I know myself, I haven't even fully grasped it until, you know, you look down at the stat sheet and the dude's got 12 points, eight rebounds and a couple assists. And then, you know, there's 10 minutes left in the half. 
that was the case against, um, I can't even, it may have been Robert Morris that, that was the case against. And I'm just like, damn, like he, he's blowing it up. And yeah, he was the, he was the best player on the floor against Indiana. And that's pretty clear. And I think that's just the next question you have. He does it against Kentucky and Louisville wins. Um, and it's, it's all aboard the Jordan award train. You, yeah. I think you'll definitely hear the hype machine start going. Yeah, there's no I, just looking at looking at his statute. He's only scored less than 10 points once. I was against Seton Hall. He's yeah. scoring, you know, he scored over 20 points six times already this season. And, uh, you know, and he's he's a solid rebounder as well. It's, you know, he, he'll come in and he'll get 10 rebounds. He'll get 13 rebounds, uh, you know, a game. Um, so it's it's a real opportunity for him. We've talked about it. As, we've talked about this game as an opportunity for Louisville. Really excited to see how he performs on this stage. You know, he didn't play. I don't think he played even very much against UK last year. Just thinking, yeah, I played 19 minutes. Um, yeah, you know, had three points. That was it. <laughs> so right. I, I think he's looking at this for his opportunity for a big time breakout. And I'm really excited for him versus Keldon Johnson. Well, they won't be matched up against each other, but just kind of, I think this could become a shootout with those type of guys. Yeah. I think you mentioned the rebounding aspect. And I do think that's the one worst case scenario that you worry about, worry about just because he is the second, you know, maybe best rebounder of the team at times that he gets, gets into early foul trouble because he's going to be, um, going up against the block and going for those. And you, you kind of worry about him getting some questionable over the back calls as we've seen time and time <laughs> again in this series from, from really both teams. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we look at it from the lens of Lowood, obviously there's always, it seems like a guy who picks up two early fouls. And yeah, I, I think Louisville could probably afford it to be anyone except probably Jordan Award or Dwayne Sutton. If it's one of the big guys, they've kind of been, they worked around exist- that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really have. Uh, they they haven't been too vital at times, and they've been able to manage. So people have made you know some points about one of the big guys getting in early foul trouble. That doesn't really concern yeah. me. More so, I would be a lot more concerned with Jordan Noir or uh, Dwayne Sutton. So. I mean, with with all due respect, has there been a game where Stephen Enoch has picked up two fouls right. early, and you've been the game is over for a little? Yeah, like, it's kind I of mean, the, expected at this point, right? It's you know, and Malik Williams, you know, we can we've had the conversation before about his growth and and um, what he means to the team. It's not a terrible thing for me if Malik Williams has to play extended minutes. We're used to it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I think going into this game, you're almost going to concede either Reed Travis or PJ Washington being a pretty potent scoring threat. I think you just need to choose pretty wisely on who you're going to give that up to. Um, yeah. Because I I think Louisville is going to clog the paint, maybe even double one of those guys. Uh, run run off Keldon Johnson or Tyler Harrell off the three. I think they're probably going to have to choose their poison on that one too. I would probably choose Keldon Johnson, and you know let tower Harrow see, see what's happening yeah. with him to start yeah. the game. Um, so I, I think that's how Louisville's kind of going to approach it. Yeah. I think, I think definitely Sutton's going to kind of guard Keldon Johnson and he's had, you know, some decent success. I mean, I, he, yeah. you know, he guarded, uh, he guarded Romeo Langford the entire IU game. And I, I think that Romeo was always going to get loose. It's just kind of how, how those types of scores are. Um, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. It's, it's you, you can't you can have either PJ Washington or Reed Travis get get big, but you can't have both those guys go off. Both that's when going it's off. Lola's not winning the game. That's period. that's when it's danger zone, and I don't I don't see that happening. in, in general, just um, 
but yeah, that, that would be a problem. And that was a good transition. Cause we did want to talk about the perennial Kentucky Louisville basketball tradition of the dude who randomly balls out. Um, as we call it, the, uh, the, uh, the Hawkins award. That's a good, that's a good name. I think we should use that going the forward. Hawkins award. So yeah. who's your, who's your initial pick for, uh, the commemorative Hawkins award for dude from Kentucky who hasn't played very well, who's randomly going to shoot a bunch of threes. I think it's gotta be Tyler Harrell. If not for anything, I can just hear about Tyler Harrell being Rick Chapman for the next (laughs) six years of my life, because I think that would just fit pretty perfect with everything that's gone on in mobile basketball the last, I don't know, five years. Yeah, I'm uh, taking a, yeah, t- taking a look at Tyler Harris stats and it's just I, I can't wait for this dude to 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 make three threes or five threes against Louisville tomorrow. He's shot 58 threes, only made 17 of them. He's shooting less than 30 percent, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is is primed for, <laughs> for for just balling out against Louisville. And I think that's the the first recipe for disaster is when you see that kid hit like three threes in the first five minutes. And like, oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Louisville, what Louisville is really going to have to do, like like we just kind of said, is they're going to have to clog the paint, shut down either Travis or Washington, pick your poison. And they're going to have to, you know. Dwayne Sutton's going to have to be pretty locked down on Kelton Johnson. And maybe you put Ryan McMahon on. I mean, I, I think with Louisville matchups are a little overblown because they do so much switching because of the pack right. on defense. Right. Um, but I think you're going to have to let Tyler Harrell, you're going to have to let him live. And if he hits the shots, you know, go to the locker room and make what type of adjustments you can. But out of the gates, I think you're going to have to give him those shots because I, I think protecting the close is more important. Yeah, I don't think and and, and I, I don't think Max going to, you know, double Tyler Harrow. I mean, you can't I don't know, man, if he's shooting under 30 percent and he randomly comes in and and starts hitting threes, like, of course, he's a dangerous shooter. But he also kind of strikes me as the type of guy who might get affected pretty heavily by this crowd. I don't know. I, maybe I'm, I lend too much credence to that. But with these freshmen, I, I, I do have the question of that. I, I my kind of general thought is that Reed Travis is the guy who scores 25 points for Kentucky. Um, and if, and if that's happening, that's good for Louisville, because I think you kind of shoot, you kind of shut all of the other guys down. Someone's going to go off. So yeah, it's, it's, if, it, if Harrow goes, if Tyler Harrow is, is, you know, made three threes, four threes by halftime, I think that's danger zone for Louisville. Cause that means, um, that means you're going to have to make adjustments in the second half and other guys are going to get loose. Yeah, I, th- I think the the blueprint for this game is how Louisville played Michigan State. Completely uh, agree. Because in a lot of ways, Kentucky's a very similar team. Um, they're not as veteran-led it, but they're a little bit more athletic than Michigan State. But in a lot of ways, their strengths are also Michigan State's team. I think you can go ahead and concede that Louisville's going to lose the rebounding battle by about 10 or 11. I think you can go ahead and concede that Louisville's going to get to the line more than Kentucky. So then you look at points in the paint and three-point shooting. And it, I mean, it's pretty simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we'll see. I mean, this, this is why they play the games. Um, but I, I think when you break those things down, if, if Louisville can get Kentucky to play the games that it's had to play this season, I, I think that really bodes well for Louisville. I think that's... You need to get them to guard, I think. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, that's the one thing about these past few games for Louisville. They've had a few scoring droughts 
and it's almost like getting them out of their system. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't see the scoring that you were seeing against Indiana, against Michigan state, you know, even against Dean Hall. And sometimes I, I wasn't, I don't, I didn't know if that was sustainable for a long, long period of time. So to see them kind of, you know, work out some of those kinks and, in, in, in these smaller scale games against, you know, de- you know, decent teams in Lipscomb and Kent state, at least, um, it kind of made me feel a little bit better about Is it. Was it the Michigan State game that Ryman Man had the career high? Was it twenty six, twenty eight? I think it was like twenty six points. Yeah. I, honestly, man, I, I feel like this is a game where he could go off like that again. I said that day that he's never going to have twenty six points again. But <laughs> and a lot of people got you know Kentucky fans came at me in waves on Twitter. But Kentucky is the worst team statistically that Louisville has faced defending the three. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No, that- I think that's something that you should look at when you've got Jordan Awara who's shooting 40% from three and Ryan McMahon's been, if he hits his first one, he's bound to hit four or five. Um, you know, that that's a point that can't really be overstated and I haven't heard enough conversation about it as it, as it relates to this game. I've heard about, you know, Kentucky's struggles defending the three, but the only conversation I've really heard about this game is that Louisville better find a way to negate you know, the physical presence of Louisville if Kentucky inside. Kentucky better find a way to defend the three and not let one of those guys go off. Because if Ryan McMahon goes off and Jordan Award is getting consistent scores, Louisville could win by double digits. So, I mean, I think there's there's still an opportunity where I, I do think it'll be a close game. I actually think it'll be one of the better games that we've seen in the last few years. But I do think there's that, you know, that 10% chance there that Louisville could win by 10 or 11 points. And I think that would be the scenario that, that would happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan uh, actually scored 24 against um, against Michigan State. But no, you're right. I'm you're absolutely right. If, you know, in in that if Harrow is the this, you know, this leading scorer, second leading scorer for Kentucky, that doesn't bode well for Louisville. If McMahon is a leading scorer or second leading scorer for Louisville, it does not bode well for Kentucky because the, him getting loose, you know, will bring that defense out a little more and allow guys like Christian Cunningham and Dwayne Sutton to get to the rim, Dwayne Perry or Darius Perry more often um, and, and allow them to draw some of the fouls. And that's been the recipe for success for these, for this Louisville team. Yeah. Who do we uh, think plays more minutes on Saturday, Christian Cunningham or Darius Perry? I think Kristen Cunningham and when we can talk a little about that, I think that's that's the the biggest concern for me for Louisville is Christian Cunningham. You know, he is coming back from this injury, this this concussion. Um, there have been questions about his ball control. Um, Ashton Hagens will be up against him a lot of the game, I think. Um, yeah. What are you what are your general thoughts on, on that front? I'm, I'm still pretty. That's that's the one that I don't really know that I even have a good feel for because yeah. I, I think that the Ashton Hagens, you know, the nine steals is career high against North Carolina. It's never going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen in this <laughs> game, but I, I, I think that game shown you just how much of a ball hawk he could be. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a big, that's a big worry for Louisville because we've seen both Darius Perry and Christian Cunningham. We saw it against Indiana, how, you know, kind of the lazy passes that they made. I'm not sure what the stat was. I'm not even sure if you can really quantify it, but, but Louisville was pretty, pretty lackadaisical in the passing lanes. Um, there were a lot of tip balls from Indiana, uh, a few, especially in the last few minutes of the game that ended yeah. runouts for Indiana. 
And I think that's a big concern for Louisville. And I, I think that's one that's being overlooked because if Kentucky gets the opportunity to get out and run, you know, consistently, whether it's for just in a couple of minutes stretch each half, that's a recipe for disaster for, um, for Kentucky or for Louisville rather. So that's, that's the one that I really don't know that I have a good feel for. Um, I think Christian Cunningham is going to play well, uh, because I think he understands the magnitude of this rivalry, you know, being from here. And I think that's something that can't really be overstated enough, but that can also go the opposite direction. Um, Quentin Snyder was a guy who never really had good performances against Kentucky until his, until the one, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, the big shake, the break, the ankles, the, um, the, the, break, the young center, the bam out of bio, bam out of, I was still dead. As far as I'm concerned, he did yeah, not that's play why I don't for even it. speak of his name. I, just <laughs> I don't speak his shake. name. RIP still buried <laughs> under the free throw line at the KFC Yum center where he got yeah. shook off his feet. And no, I mean, it's, I think it's everyone's biggest question is Christian Cunningham. And there have been the murmurs about him. Is he the right guy to be the, the point guard? Is he the right guy to be the primary ball handler for this Louisville team? Saturday is going to tell us that. I really do think that if, if he can come out and he can take control of the ball, and I'm sure he knows this. I'm sure Chris Mack is, is, is making this known. If Louisville can take care of the ball, and this has always been something against these Cal teams, if Louisville can take care of the ball, prevent those easy buckets for Kentucky, it goes a long way. Um, you know, even, you know, we were mentioned the IU game. It, they had just nine turnovers, but I believe like seven of them were in the second half. And each of them just telegraphed past. It was. I mean, that, that don't yeah. always result in you know a turnover. Even if the tip ball and Louisville gets gets the ball back, it, it the shot clock gets out of whack, the offense gets out of whack, and it's a shot that's thrown up with six seconds on the shot clock, and it's basically like a turnover. So, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it, it's it's always a question against Kentucky is, is ball control is ball handling is turnovers. And this year is no different. And Louisville, I mean, this isn't the best Louisville team at handling the ball. I mean, uh, you know, they turned, you know, their 86 and turnover turnover percentage, 17.4% of possessions are turning the ball over, which isn't terrible. Isn't great. Um, is, you know, top third, but not really. And it's, yeah, it, you'd love to see that be better. And I think a lot of that, um, a lot of those issues have come in the past few games and maybe they've gotten those yips out and um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think that you can, I can see a game where Ryan McMahon is the primary ball handler. I don't know. I mean, I think the question for Ryan McMahon is how much he can play defense against this Kentucky team. Cause I think the answer to that is not really at all. And if, if, if it's a game where he can stay a lot in the game, if he can stay a lot on the, on the court, that's, that doesn't bode well for, for Kentucky in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, part of uh, McMahon's, you know, he's he's gotten better at defense this season. But I think part of the reason we think that is because of the pack line defense has been able to right. add him a little bit more. Right. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting. To, I think that's an interesting. There's so many little here things that I'm interested in, but I do want to see how Calipari, you know, if Ryan McMahon starts the game, how quickly Calipari goes at him in offense, because I think. You know, from a logical standpoint, you'd look at it and you would think that that Calipari would start try to establish the post early. But there's also that second angle where I could see him, you know, taking Keldon Johnson and trying to get him in mismatches with McMahon on him and maybe draw a few fouls on him early, too. So there's a few ways you could go there, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's there's so many different angles you mentioned. We could we could talk about them at length. 
Yeah, but I think, you know, we're kind of, you know, what's your final position as we wrap prediction, excuse me, as we kind of wrap this thing up? I'm going to say 77, 72 global. Um, I think, I think that the, the crowd is going to be really, really good. And I think they're going to overwhelm Kentucky early. I think it's going to be a game where Louisville's going to get out early. Uh, maybe it's like 10 to two, something like that. And I think they're going to kind of ride that wave throughout. I think they're going to lead the entire game and I don't think Kentucky's ever going to get it back. So yeah, 77, 72 Louisville. Who's your top scorer? Who's the surprise? Jordan, Jordan award 22 points. And I think McMahon will chip in about 14. And I think Stephen Enoch will have quietly a really good game, maybe like eight and eight. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I, I wrote down 71-65. I think Kentucky's going to turn over the ball a lot. I don't think we talked. You know, we talked a little bit about how they turned the ball over a ton against North Carolina, and that's that's he. They kind of did some of the things Louisville did at IU. And I, I think the Louisville crowd is going to have an impact. I'm right there with you. Those opening, those opening moments. Um, I think the guy who's who I, who I think steps up a little bit is Christian Cunningham. I think he has 15, 16, maybe 18 points. Um, Anora, I think will lead the team probably 22, 24. Um, but I think Christian Cunningham's going to step into the moment. I think this is something as a kid from Georgetown, Kentucky, you've thought about your entire life. And uh, I think he he kind of takes hold of that in sort of the Quentin Snyder um, tradition. And I think he'll have a big game and, and hopefully a few big moments. Also think that we're going to be talking a lot about Dwayne Sutton locking down another another Louisville kid. I think he's going to I think he's going to lock down Keldon Johnson. I think Keldon Johnson might, you know, maybe pick up two fouls early, four fouls early in the second half. Um, I think we'll be talking a lot about him next week and and um, his defensive performance. And I just think Reed Travis is is probably going to score thirty points. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that was an angle three years ago. Is uh, how much it meant to the local guys in Kentucky not having a lot of those guys on their team, um, and you know you just can't really over underestimate how much that means and how much that plays a role. So I, I think that totally could. Absolutely. And with that, I think we're going to sign this off. Chris, I think our plan is, you know, we're getting this up today on a Friday. We're going to try and have a, a big recap pretty early next week. Um, hopefully we can get it out. Hopefully we've got some good news to talk about then. And be nervous we'll get to tell the rest of the day and the rest nerves. Of the world, so. Here's the thing about Kentucky Louisville games. They just, they take two, two years off my life every time, man, <laughs> especially when they're at the Yum Center. Your referee and I kind of always expect a loss, but oh man, it's just, I'm nervous just thinking about it. Uh, but Kentucky's we want to win that out of less 11. <laughs> <laughs> they need it. Uh, needs it. Louisville needs it. Louisville needs it. I think setting this Chris Mack era off with a win against Calipari will it's it just will completely reset the rivalry. I think Kentucky fans are still comfortable with this not being a rivalry. I think some of them really think that and uh, a Mac punch in the face um, and a big win on Saturday would would go a long way in kind of resetting that and helping Louisville kind of retake its place uh, alongside Kentucky. But with that, we want to thank everyone for listening, uh, taking 30 minutes out of your day and listening to us. Uh, any last words, Chris? Go Cards. Go Cards. We'll see you guys. Take care.